how much we have been cared for, how much we are excited to see God doing an amazing work. I believe in the power of partnerships, and uh, I want to thank God that we are together. I'd like to introduce my wife, Miss Uganda, 1991. And, uh, and she will ever be Miss Uganda all the days of her life. Amen. Amen. And uh, I'm sure that she's still beautiful and lovely. Thank you. Can you say something? Just Praise the Lord. Amen. I just want to thank God that I'm back again. And uh, I'm so excited, but because when I'm coming to Memphis, it's like I'm coming home. It's, it has become part of us, and uh, we just want to thank the Lord for the love you've shown to us. In the houses where we slept, we slept as if we are in our own houses. And as looking at this divine connection, I'm like, God, hmm? coming to a home of somebody whom you are not related to, but you just sleep, you eat, you... You go everywhere you, are, you want, and there's that love that you cannot explain. So I want to bless the Lord for that, and I bring you love from Uganda, especially from our children and from the children of our ministry and from the brethren. They send their love, and they are like those who have not come. Please have a test. Come and have a test of Uganda. So we shall be waiting to see you. Yeah. But we thank God so much for the partnership between us and we praise the Lord that we are here again. God bless you so much. Amen. Bless the Lord. So we would like to thank you for supporting our project. I don't know, Steve, whether I'm going left or right. Uh, try. Try. Yeah. So uh, that's our school. Our school project at Rentable. Uh, it was a big, big, big dream. And uh, children are very exciting. God has blessed us. These children on the left side, they are lining for food. That was our old kitchen that was condemned by the government. They are going to close our school. This is our school, the classroom block and the resource center. And God has developed uh, a clinic there and uh, a computer center. Uh, we thank you for your support. Thank you for those of you who have been sending shoes for children, lining up to get shoes, and uh, getting shoes and smiles. Thank you for those who came and brought clothes and other gifts. These are lining up to get gifts, clothes and uh, enjoying themselves. A gift brings a smile. A child, and uh, thank you for supporting us with some money. Now we have a hundred children that are being uh, living within, and uh, those are the beds, and they are all excited about that. <laughs> Went to lunch time after a good meal. They need some short snap rest. So these beds are being crowded, so we are. We would like to buy more beds so that the children could enjoy it. And uh, they can think they are in heaven. 
So we'd like to thank God we had a, a kitchen which was condemned. And also a, this was our our main hall, which was also condemned. And uh, God opened the doors for this church to do something about it. And uh, uh, that is about the well. We have been crying for water. We got one well, but it's being used by the whole community. So we want to thank God for people in this church who are already digging another well, uh, which is going to be uh, <coughs> opened in a few weeks. So this is a new world that brought excitement to the school. Everybody was happy. And it is easy to get water. Even a little boy, a little girl can draw water from me. This is a man who donated the well. And uh, we opened it with joy. And then you sent some money to us to construct a, a kitchen. That was the beginning. That was the sun. Those are the iron sheets for the roof. Progress. Almost there. Finishing. Now it looks like this outside. Inside. Outside after painting. And then we pulled water from the other well down to the in front of the kitchen and into the kitchen. That is inside the, the kitchen. And now we cook on those stoves. We store energy inside there. The smoke goes through the chimney. Praise the Lord. We are preparing food now in the new kitchen. We are no longer going to be closed. These guys are enjoying cooking. And now there's a school around our school, which is being sold. A very big high school. It was working 500 children. It has collapsed to 120. They are now bankrupt. They are sending it to us. We've been having children up to 12 years. Then they go to public schools. Public schools have no law and order. Last year, 100, not 100. Last year, 72 schools were burnt down by student riots in public schools. So we have been losing our children at a time when they are teenagers, when they need us. So an opportunity has come for these men to sell at this school. They want $320,000 for a 10-acre land and a fully-fledged permanent school. So we went there and preached the gospel. These are how the buildings look like. And those are the girls in that high school. And we believe that if we buy it, we shall put our children there and also build a university there and a hospital excellent in our plan. We'd like to ask you to continue supporting children. We have 400 children that are sponsored. We still have many children, over 300 that need sponsorship. I have put some forms there of smiling faces of children. You can sponsor as many children as possible, $20 a month. And if you want more information, you get it from Wildshire Foundation. Amen. 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 So let's go to business. Can I ask this man who read scripture? He read very well. I would like you to read for me uh, Ezekiel chapter chapter thirty-seven, from verse one to ten. 
Were you reading this one or that one? Well, this this, <laughs> this is, is just sun, Sunday one. Yeah, this is <laughs> okay. this is special. <laughs> All right, but I'm gonna find. I'm gonna, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll. That's right. I've never had someone read the Bible that way. That's great. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1 to 10. Okay. The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out by the Spirit. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, and make flesh come upon you, and cover you with skin I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as He commanded, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet a vast army. The word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
This morning, I want to speak to you about speaking to your impossibility. Can you imagine this guy called by God, taken to a cemetery, and you can imagine like uh, uh, Russell coming, and God takes him to the largest cemetery in Memphis, and just telling him, you guy, speak to these graves. I believe very, very, very strongly that each one of you, God has called us in a prophetic calling. Each one of you, whether you like it or not, God has called us to be prophets, to speak life into the deadness of our lives, into the deadness of our families, into the deadness of our cities, into the deadness of this nation. And uh, if you avoid your prophetic calling, then you are finished. Because without prophecy, the world would not have come. God said, let there be, and it was. So there is a great, 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 enormous power in speaking the word. <coughs> Sorry. That is why... Uh, Jesus is called the Lion of Judah because the Lion's ministry is a ministry of proclamation. The Lion roars, supposed to roar and shout as loud. I remember I was with Connie in Queen Elizabeth National Park. We were in a room and in the middle of the night around 3 a.m., um, don't worry, there's no terrorist around. Uh, <laughs> this lion was just near our bedroom. And it roared. It was as if they removed intestines from my stomach. It was as if it was in the corridor. It was so loud. And so God has called each one of us to speak. And the Bible says, um, the mouth has life and death in it. And so, I want us to go with this man called Ezekiel and talk about his calling. Some of you, God has called you as a couple because he believes in the power of partnerships. There are some of you, God has been intentionally calling as a couple to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whatever the calling is, but God has called you together. And last night, yesterday I was talking about how long will you continue limping on two opinions. And especially I want to speak to you ladies. The calling of your husband is your calling. You must work together. God values unity. The Bible says in Psalms 133, see how pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity. So unity is pleasant to God. Verse 2, it says, it is like a Jew of Hebron that waters the garden is in a dry season. Unity waters every dryness. Verse 3, 
It is like like uh, anointing oil poured on Aaron's head, flowing down to his feet. Unity releases a full brim anointing. And the last verse says, where there is unity, God commands a blessing forevermore. So when a husband is serving with his wife in partnership, God commands a blessing. I want to hear an amen. amen. And so likewise, when God calls you as a wife, he has also called you as a husband to work together. Amen. That's why I love working with Connie. For many years, she felt she was not called as I was. And uh, she stuck to her profession as a teacher. Until when I called heaven and earth and God spoke to her personally. And when she stepped in the ministry, things that were dead for many years, they started working. This ministry, you see this school and what have you, it was just there, land, without any building. Until when she resigned her job and she said, I feel God has called us to work together. And so I went with her to England and when we were in a church, a certain man gave us 10,000 pounds that built that, that long building you have seen. And from that time, it is history. Secondly, the man said on verse 1, chapter 37, the hand of God was upon Ezekiel. If you want to speak to your impossibility, you need the hand of God upon your life. Can I hear an amen? amen? And the hand of God is the presence of God. You need God's presence. The hand of God is the grace of God and the favor of God. You need grace and favor going together upon your life. The hand of God is the power of God. The hand of God is the security of God. You need to be secure in Christ. The hand of God is the wisdom of God. You need wisdom as you speak. The hand of God is the love of God. You need to be soaked in the love of God. The hand of God was upon Abraham. It was upon Isaac. There are so many, about 400 times in the Bible where they say the hand of God. Is the hand of God upon you? You know, there are two opposites. When the hand of God is upon you, it is the greatest life you can live. But if you rebel, then the hand of God goes against you. And the Bible says how terrible it is for the hand of God to fall against you. So I pray this morning prophetically, may the hand of God be upon your lives. And I want to speak to those of you who are praying. I was reading a book called The Power of a Praying Wife. No, a praying parent. Pray for your children that the hand of God will be upon them. It is very powerful. Pray for your husbands for the hand of God to be upon them. Pray for your wives for the hand of God to be upon them. Even when they are not born again, when they are snoring, lay hands on them. Pray for the hand of God. The hand of God releases power and blessing. Amen? Amen. And God brought him out in the spirit of the Lord. The Bible says he was taken up in the spirit of God. 
it was a very very powerful thing i'm so grateful that when i came here last year uh with last year or the other year i talked about the power of the holy spirit and i'm so grateful what god has done in this church <laughs> i was standing here i was talking about the holy spirit and you know how the spirit moved in this church and I was so excited to see some of you are very crazy about the Holy Spirit rolling over, shouting and smiling. And you have just begun. You have no clue where the Spirit is going to take you like Philip. The Spirit of God was upon Ezekiel. Because you see, the Spirit of God is a Spirit of life. It's a Spirit that brings deadness in a business, that brings deadness in a marriage that brings deadness in every area of relationship. So, the power of God is very important. And you need it in this church. You need it in the city of Memphis if you have seen revival. Right. Amen. Amen. And don't worry how small you are as a church. What matters is the anointing. <laughs> the president of Uganda was going to land in Kabale and uh, Kabale was uh, a very it's just down in the valley, the airport it was covered by by fog and the president couldn't land for almost two hours he was moving around and around and around and then when he decided to land somewhere on the top of the mountain and he walked down, 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 down into the valley and got a very old pickup truck, stopped it, and, and uh, the man was driving him. He didn't know he was driving a president. And uh, the president said, your, your car doesn't have a speed limiter. Your car doesn't. He says, how do you drive it? This guy said, you know, we have recently had a president. We hope that things are going to change. He didn't know that he was carrying the president. So when he reached in front about to 10 miles, then all those who were coming to look for the president, they came and all the convoy, they rounded the car and that's when he discovered he was carrying the president. And the president said, how much do I give you? He said, don't worry. The fact that I have carried the president of Uganda in my car will be told to my children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And then after that, he gave him a brand new car. But when he gave it to him, people came and said, how did you get this car? He said, remove the mist from your areas so that the president will land. Now, there are so many churches that have put mist and fog on them. And they are frightened of the Holy Spirit. So when the Spirit of God wants to land, he has nowhere to land. The place is foggy and so dark. I want to thank God that this church has opened up for the Holy Spirit and I want to thank this lady for the house of prayer and all of you are opening for the Spirit of God to come. When he comes, he doesn't come alone, he comes as a package. He comes with gifts and you can be made whole. Amen? Amen. God sent Ezekiel in a valley of dry bones and he took him around the valley and he went over these dry bones and he was horrified by what he saw the bones were very dry and they were exceedingly many I want to challenge you this morning that 
you need to go and do spiritual mapping for this city of Memphis and know how dry this city is. You need to have prayer walks around. You need to read more about the history of Memphis so that God will open your heart to see how many dry bones there are. And then you will be horrified. God will give you a burden to pray for them. I want you to go on a journey into your own family, 40 generations backwards, and see what has been holding your family from progress. And see how dry your family has been since 1870, bound by a certain impossibility. And today, God wants you to begin speaking the impossibilities in your family tree, pulling down those strongholds. And I want to assure you, they are going to live again. The descendants of your family are going to stand like a mighty army of God, an unstoppable army, according to Natalie Allen. It's very, very important. And there are so many things that cause dryness, but this is not my day to talk about so many things. But you know that this country, which was once a great nation, is dry. This city of Memphis, which was a city of God, has run dry. This area, which was an area called the Bible Belt, is now dry. And uh, it's getting drier. America is getting drier and drier. The Bible says the valley was full of bones and they were very, very dry. And there are so many things that cause marriages, cause families to get dry. You need to put your nation on table and you know how and what has made this nation dry. Amen? Don't think you are okay. You are not. You must be dissatisfied with the status quo of this nation. You must start crying and weeping for what you see on television, what you read in newspapers. And you Christians, you are the only ones who have a key to unlock the potential of this nation. You hold a key to the family. You hold a key to education. You hold a key to government. You hold a key. I was shocked. I'm using the word shock. When I was speaking to men yesterday and asked them, you have only two years to go to vote for the next president. Who is now the person that is going to take over from Obama, who will restore this nation. What candidates do you have now the whole nation is saying, yes, this one? And these men looked at me. You must at this time be preparing your nation for a godly president. Enough is enough. And if you don't begin now, the forces of evil are planning already to get even somebody who is worse than Obama. They are ready. You 
even men and women, they are more ready than us. They are more organized than us. They are more prepared than us. We need to wake up and stand for righteousness. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Amen. Amen. You may think that it is impossible to change something. Let me tell you, it is possible to change something. I went to a place where there were very many Muslims. I went to a place where there were so many widows. I went to a place where there was a lot of domestic violence. I went to a place where uh, cultural imperialism was putting people in jail. I went to a place which used to be called impossible. I asked God, God, what can I do to break all these powers around here? It was very, very, very dry. And as I was praying, walking around, I met a Muslim sheikh. He laughed at me and said, you man, I know your father was a a great man. He used to come here. Uh, His sister was married here to one of my my step-uncles. He said, um, you are very educated, you have a PhD. Why can't you do a project here in our society? Muslims don't go to school, we need a school. Muslims don't have a health center, we need a health center. Which one are you giving us? I told him, I don't have, I don't have land. He said, if your business is a land, then you come. He took me to this place where we have our project. He said, here is the land. And I thought he was lying. <laughs> now, if you come to rental school, you can't believe that that place was given by Muslim. Then we started, and that big house, you see where so many children are standing, was a Muslim house for a Muslim guy. We bought it from him very cheaply. We spoke to that impossibility in that area. Can you imagine these old women who were weeping all the time when we, with so many grandchildren without fathers? Can you imagine children who were abandoned? Can you imagine children who were left on the streets? Can you imagine these twins that were left by their mother in the market? And they said, sit here, I'm coming, and, and she left. Can you imagine an old girl, a girl of 12 years, leading a family when all the parents have died. Can you imagine how these children look like now? I want to tell you to speak to your impossibility this morning. There's nothing impossible with God. There's nothing too dry for God to make alive. When I see these faces, I can't believe. <laughs> you can't believe that these ones... And this one, you can't believe that they are these ones. And they are getting better every day. And we give them goats to improve their income. I want to thank all of you who gave goats. We give them Bibles. We have 114 Muslim children. And the others are Christians. They are all excited about reading the Bible. (laughs) And now we are venturing into high school. We want to keep our children at the high school level. And that's why we are buying this school, so that we can keep our children 
Give a big hand clap to the Lord. He's a God of impossibilities. And we want to thank all those who have been part of bringing smiles. And I want to thank Steve Hupp, who is preparing another mission trip next month. Say amen. amen. If you have not signed up, sign up. <laughs> come to Uganda and speak to dry bones. And next year, come and speak to dry bones. And we have had many, many, many men, women, wake up. Come and speak dry bones. But you know, the Bible says, God asks Ezekiel a question, can these dry bones live again? Can these dry bones live again? And this is a very big question that you need to ask yourselves today. Can America live again? Can these children I see on the streets of America have a future again? Can the marriage institution that is under threat be revived again? Can the education system of America be revived again? Can the courts of law once again be governed by the commandments of God? Can this nation once again fly the ego of America, fly the message of the kingdom to the nations of the world other than flying bombs? Let me tell you, yes, you can. But it will take men and women who will stand and speak to dry bones. Amen. And I want to challenge all of you who are here. I think this one is much better for me to read. It's much better for me to read. I want to tell you, God can do greater things than you can ever think or imagine. Ezekiel answered the prophet. He said, you alone know you are God. I want to challenge you this morning. Depend on God. God said, without me, you can do nothing. We need to put God in our equation. Most Americans have removed God from their equation. They have put human, a human being. I have made my money. I can make money. I can make bombs. I can make this and this. So a human being is now more exalted. Most institutions, they are removing God out. I want to tell you, you can't do without God. We need trust in God in everything. Without God, we can do nothing. The Bible says, without, many, many times, but I picked a few. Without God, we can do nothing, Jesus said. Without the Son of God, we cannot have life, because he who has the Son has life. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. You need once again to bring the message of the cross into America. That the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary is the only blood that can save this nation. Without faith, no one will please God. This nation is becoming, is dying because of unbelief. We need to pray that faith will rise again. Let faith arise. Without believing in Christ, there is no eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever will believe in him shall have eternal life. Without sanctification, no one will see God. And without the love of God, we are like an empty tin. It's very, very important to know that God is the one we need. 
And he prophesied dry bones. <laughs> you dry bones hear the word of the Lord. I want you to go from street to street. I like Steve Hub because every morning he walks preaching. Speaking to trees in the prayer walk, speaking to stones. Let me tell you, stones and trees, they hear. They hear. The Bible says, speak to the mountain. Speak to the rock. Speak. Speak. As you drive your car, speak. As you walk your dog, speak. As you sit in your lounge, speak. As you are on your dishwasher, putting the things there, speak. As you are preparing a, a, a mighty dinner for your husband, speak. Everywhere, speak, speak. Let the altar of God, you have a mobile altar. Everywhere you are going. In your office, a altar of the Lord. In your car, a altar of the Lord. Be a mobile altar. And he said, I will cause breath to enter you. Speak life over everything around you. I will recover you with skin. Speak to your children. Speak to the photographs of all those who are impossible in your family. I used to speak to photographs, lay hands on photographs, speak. Speak to yourself. I used to look at myself in a big mirror in my office and tell myself, murdered, there is nothing, there is no weapon formed against you today that will prosper. People used to think I have run crazy. I haven't. Speak to your dog. Speak. There is a lot of power in the word that comes from your mouth. And the Bible says, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Everything needs to know that God is God. The Bible says, Ezekiel obeyed the word of the Lord. He was very impulsive, but he obeyed. And uh, I was reading that obedience is better than sacrifice. But Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed, to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and uh, arrogance is like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you. If there is anything this nation needs is obedient men and women who are as obedient as children. Are you an obedient person or are you a rebellious person? <coughs> then there was an unbelievable response. Let me tell all of you who are here. Once you speak the word of God, it doesn't matter how long it takes, there shall be a response. Praise the Lord. The first one, there was a rattling. And this morning, in the morning, I wake up, I was sitting on the table, wondering what to preach on this morning, thinking over so many things coming into my head, and it clicked into my head that I should talk about this this morning. I had a rattling. I had a rattling, and I want to announce today, there is a rattling. There is a noise of revival that is coming in this city. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hear rattling at Memphis University through the house of prayer. <laughs> I hear rattling in your homes. 
You are children coming back. Oh, Rabba Sanda. God is on the move. You need to open your ears to hear the rattling of the bones coming together. Can you imagine the dancing? The arms dancing, looking for another arm. The toys dancing, looking for another toy. You can imagine the, you can imagine the drama, this prophet. We were not there, but you can ima- just imagine the drama of the bones of the first world war. 25 million people died in second, first, second world war. You can imagine all the 6 million Jews, all the bones looking for each other and saying, we are going to Israel. It was such a powerful thing. Bone came to bones. Uh, I don't know whether you call sinews and flesh came upon there. I want you to pray today with an unstoppable prayer that every bone we look for the bone. I have been with this woman called Connie. We have seen God heal people in an amazing way. Hundreds of people. I have very many stories. We have seen people who have not given birth for many, many years giving birth. We have seen men who had never reconciled with each other at 90 reconciling. We have seen tribes coming together for the first time eating together. We have seen husbands coming back to their wives after so many years. Let me tell you, God is in business. And he's a smart God. Sometimes he uses mysterious ways. He can stop your job when he wants to use you. And you wonder why I should be getting this project. I should be going this way. I should be going this way. When actually, he's very smart. (laughs) He's putting a trap somewhere to catch you. And squeezing you around. And sometimes he squeezes you around and gets all the filth out of you. When he knows you are ready, then he says, let's face arise. This morning, speak to your impossibility. But there was no breath. Bone came to bone. Things went together. People were just there. A whole person, there was no breath. And let me tell all of you are here. There are so many churches in America. Where people are religious but lost. They are there. The human beings, they are there. They are not bones. Everything is there, but there is no breath. There is no action. The church is like a stagnant institution. I would like to challenge you today to pray for this country. In Uganda, when you are a witch doctor, you are a witch doctor. When you are a Christian, you are a Christian. There is a big dichotomy. Very visible. But here, it is hidden. Somebody can be a Christian and a witch doctor at the same time. Somebody can be a terrorist and at the same time a national citizen. Everything here looks as if it is okay, but inside... You need to come out of that. Pray for America that America will receive the breath of God. Stagnant water is very dangerous. 
It is a breeding place for mosquitoes that kill people with malaria. I used to have a pet dog. And uh, it used to sit in my chairs. Like most of the dogs, I, I stayed with, with uh, Steve. I know his dog. But people used to come and steal my battery from my car. The dog wouldn't even bark at them. Mangoes and foxes used to come and eat my chickens. This dog was completely feeding and feeding no work. So one of my cousins told me, said, Medad, you have a pet dog. I am going to give you a hunting dog. But you have to, to buy a chain for it. It is very tough. So I bought a chain for this dog. I chained it. I would only release it after midnight and let it outside the house. My goodness. I would hear around 3 a.m. people running saying, help, help. Those who had come, those who had come to steal my battery, they never came again. The foxes and all these mangoes that were eating our chickens and rabbits, they never stepped in our compound because we had a hunting dog. Eating for business. God would like some of us to be hunting dog Christians. You've been eating for a long time. No work done. Eating and eating and feeding and sitting and jumping on people, but no work done. You need to start hunting for those foxes. <laughs> so, what did God tell Ezekiel? He said, now speak to the four winds. Hallelujah. The winds of the east, the north, and the south. And I want to tell you, God is going to raise an army. God is raising the power of the Holy Spirit from the east of this nation. Hallelujah. From the east of this nation, winds are coming to bring life into this nation. Winds are coming from the east of this nation. They are coming and they are unstoppable. He said, speak to the west. God is releasing an army. A powerful move of the spirit from the west is coming to bring life into this nation. God is raising the south which has been well known all over the world. God is bringing life into the south again to rise and shine again. Hallelujah. Are you a southerner? Shout amen. amen. And God is coming from the north bringing life into this nation speaks to the four winds and the bible says the winds came the winds obeyed the word of the lord and they came and entered these people and what happened the bible says they received the breath of god and they became a mighty army a mighty army an unstoppable army I like Cindy Jacobs. Recently she had a dream about you, about Africa. And she saw elephants. Thousands and thousands of elephants coming from Africa, crossing the Atlantic Ocean. Then she saw another group of thousands crossing the, the, uh, the, um, uh, the, um, Pacific Ocean. 
And then she saw thousands crossing the Indian Ocean. And then she saw thousands crossing the Mediterranean Ocean. She said that their stimpate were so loud that everywhere you were standing in the world, you heard the noise. And she said that they were so unstoppable that cars and things that tried to stop them, they trampled over them. That they were unstoppable. I want to tell you, revival is coming. Africa, you thought that it was a dark continent. Faith is arising from Africa, from the four winds of Africa, East Africa, West Africa, South Africa. We are coming! We are crossing the Atlantic. You brought the gospel to us. If you don't want it, we are going to bring it. <laughs> the steam fed is coming. And what we need now is the power of partnership working together to speak life into dry bones. We want you to come and speak dry bones in Uganda to have life. Because America's calling was a prophetic calling. That is why your founders gave you an ego. An ego is not a chicken. An ego's business is to fly and soar. You Americans, you need to go back to your roots and claim that prophetic calling of flying the message of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. Hallelujah! Don't fly money only. Don't fly booms only. You fly the message of Jesus Christ. And revival is coming. I was reading on the, on the uh, internet and the television how a case with Ebola came to America and every American, they are almost urinating in their pajamas, so frightened of that disease. But let me tell you, this morning we are talking about revival. Revival is coming to America as a contagious disease that has no vaccine. And it is coming, it is coming, it is going to sweep through this nation and there will be no vaccine for it. Everybody will catch it. And the devil will tremble, as most of you are trembling about a border. God is more powerful than a border. So we'd like you egos to fly again and bring the message to Uganda. And Uganda is the crested crane. We want the crested crane to fly as many as possible to America. We are coming. You are going to see many people with flat nose like mine coming here. <laughs> in your homes, in your streets, proclaiming the message of Jesus Christ. And we need each other. There is a man called John Mulinde in Africa, in Uganda. He, he saw a lion chasing something and, and it was getting weary and getting tired. And behold, an ego came, my goodness, from the air and chased. The lion was chasing from the ground. The ego was chasing from the air. And so it was easy for the lion to get this thing and, and, and kill it. There's a lot of things that you guys you have to do with the United Kingdom. Not only throwing bombs in Iraq, but also spiritually working together, United Kingdom and 
and America in bringing a global revival that we see the coming of Jesus Christ. God is raising an army and I want to challenge you to begin houses of prayer. Houses of prayer are going to be training grounds for soldiers marching us to war. Where mighty men and mighty women are going to be trained and prayed over and empowered to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the nations. I would like your heart to be the first house of prayer. Your heart first. Because the Bible says, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And some of you are frightened of the Holy Spirit. These bodies could not do anything until breath came over them. And the breath is a symbol of the Holy Ghost. You can't have a moving church without the Holy Spirit. Some of you fear that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will fall down and, and start throwing legs over there. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. To some people, he throws them down. To others, they cry. To others, they shake, shake. To others like me, they laugh uncontrollably. Don't put him in a box. He's coming your way. By force. In his own way. Amen. Amen. So it is America's time now to wake up. It is Ugandan time now to wake up. To proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. Will you today speak to your impossibility? I'm talking as a nation, but think about your family. What is impossible in your family? Some of you have been dealing with sicknesses. You are sick. It's an impossibility. Speak. Some of you, it is a business problem. Speak. Some of you, it may be a relationship problem. Speak. Some of you, it may be a calling problem. You are wrestling with God's calling. Speak to your impossibility. And the Lord is going to bring breath from the four corners of the world. And you will see great work. Yeah. I was there crying for my boy, a little boy of, of, of six years. My wife was finished. He had a brain tumor. We didn't know what to do. We were going to go to England. And the English people denied us a visa. The boy was dying. The boy was so sweet. We spoke to our impossibility. And from nowhere, we got an email from an American doctor. Who is called Dr. Boop. Can you imagine? Have you ever had a name called Boop? <laughs> In fact, when I, got a, when I got an email, I said, when I got an email, I said, is this a name? Or these are just internet people who want to steal our money. <laughs> Boop. But... <laughs> But I wrote to a certain uh, vicar from England asking him. Then he said, yes, there's a, a doctor in England who wrote to this doctor asking for medical advice on how to operate this tumor. So when your son was denied a visa and this man wrote back and said, did the boy die or he was operated? We told him that you failed to get money. And he talked to the hospital. The hospital has agreed to operate your son free of charge. And this doctor said, don't worry about visas. 
the embassy will call you. Can you imagine the embassy calling you instead of you going there? <laughs> and Connie went there. People get visas for three months. Struggling to get one, she got a visa in four minutes. For her and for the boy. And the boy came here. We came here. We were so frightened. Six and a half hours in a theater. We were so frightened. I tried to encourage myself, but my wife was finished. And Natalie came. And he held her for three and a half hours. Can you imagine? Holding her breath, waiting. Is the boy dead or has he lived? But Dr. Boop gave us update every minute, every hour. And the boy is alive now. And you know how you blessed us. And you know how you fed us. Speak to your impossibility. There's nothing impossible with God. Amen. Whether it is a job, there's nothing impossible. Whether it is a husband, there's nothing impossible. Come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So are you a dry bone yourself? Speak to yourself. Do you have dry bones around you? In your family, at work, at school, in your village, in your nation, even in your church? Speak to the impossibility. Is your hope lost? Speak. Are you cut off from everywhere? Speak. And I want to propose the following. If you need to speak dry bones, number one, you need a united and fervent and desperate prayer. Prayer will unlock every door to every impossibility. I was reading yesterday about a man called Bartimaeus. He was begging for many years, but he heard that Jesus was passing by and he shouted, Jesus, son of the most high God, son of David, you have mass on me. And, and, and then the, the disciples said, shut up, what are you talking about? The Bible says the more they tried to restrain him, the louder he became. And what happened? The Bible said a very short verse, and Jesus stopped. When you call upon the name of the Lord, Jesus will stop in your business. And he stopped for him. Hallelujah. Then he said, call him. These people were saying, you are foolish, you are nobody, you are an idiot. He's the one he sent. Go and call him. And they said, cheer up. The ones who were saying, shut up. They are the ones who said, cheer up. He is calling you. So let's come together. And I, I listed those three words. They are very important. United. You must go beyond your denominations if you are to speak dry bones. The church must come together. Different gender must come together. Different age groups must come together to speak to dry bones. I was telling people yesterday how my four-year-old boy prayed for me and I got healed. You need to have that corporate anointing. The second word is fervent. They are prayers, but there is what we call a fervent prayer that really is so deep and it is also desperate like a desperate woman who kept nagging until she got what she wanted. And this is what God is saying. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves 
and confess their sin and seek my face, I will do what? I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. If you need healing for this nation, you need that. And so a house of prayer in your heart and a house of prayer in your house. America was well known for family altars where husbands and wives and children prayed together in their homes. This one is dead now. We must pray for homes to become centers of prayer. And then you can donate your house as a house of prayer for the village as a house of prayer for a center like the university house of prayer. Some of you have houses here and there. You can donate one house as a house of prayer. I was telling my wife that we need to give one of our houses in Kabale as a house of prayer. Now that group was men and women from all nations who came to our convention. We prayed for Memphis and here we are. Secondly, there must be a repentance. We must pray for repentance because the Bible says that if my people will confess their sin, sometimes you need to look at life from a different perspective. We must pray that people's minds are changed. And once they are changed, revival comes. By the way, there there will never be a revival without conviction of sin. That is followed by repentance. Let's pray for the conviction of sin in this nation. I have been crying for now six years that Obama gets born again. Every time I see him, I say, Lord, touch that man. Break his pride. Enter his heart and take him over for you. I have not lost hope in him because I know it just takes a twinkling of an eye for God to change a man like him. Then thirdly, we need a biblical sound teaching. I want you to pray for the pulpit because the pulpit has been hijacked by the devil. Let the gospel be preached again in every pulpit in America and revival will come. Sound teaching, not this McDonaldized teaching, not this teaching that is like a, a mushroom soup. Sound biblical teaching. Sorry. Sound biblical teaching. And number three, we need three voices in the church. We need a prophetic voice that will talk about the truth, but also we will need a pastoral voice that will talk about love and uh, reason that we make things work together. We also need boldness. We also need to revisit our church leaders' training that men and women who will be pastors will be pastors, not disasters. And also we need, we need to live by example, by walking the talk, and we need to raise generals for Christ. Amen? And finally, we need unity. We need to work together. Once we work together as a church, we can chase a lion. This is uh, Queen Elizabeth National Park. This lion attempted to kill one of the buffaloes. They worked together. They chased the lion. Once we work together, we stand. Somebody says united, we stand divided, we fall. And then we need to pray for revival. This was one of my best days in June. I was holding a crusade in Rwanda, and uh, that was just an altar call on one of the days on Saturday. I saw more than 1,500 people 
coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I saw men reconciling, those who killed them, reconciling. I saw women rolling on the floor. I said, Lord, I know and I know there's nothing impossible with you. We are praying for revival in this nation. And once we pray and speak through our impossibility, the light of God will shine. And the Uganda will rise and shine again. This is our national symbol. And America will rise and shine again. Isn't it beautiful? This is our dream that Uganda will shine. Uganda will be the beauty of Africa again. Uganda, which is the source of River Nile that feeds the whole world with water, Uganda will raise and shine again. Amen? Amen. And we need the power of God, the Lion of Judah. Let me ask all of you who are here, without him, you can do nothing. Embrace him in your life. Embrace him in your marriage. Embrace him in every area of your life. Then you can roar to every impossibility. And when the lion roars, every other animal <laughs> will come from the hiding. But if you don't, if a lion doesn't roar, then other small animals speak louder. It's my prayer that today we can hide in Christ where the devil will do us no harm. I want to end with that. These are three monkeys. One said, Reverend Midad, what you are saying, I don't want to hear. It touched its ears. The middle one said, what you are putting on slides, I don't want to see. But the other one said, my goodness, I can hear, I can see, but I don't want to say anything. Which one of these monkeys best describe you? As far as righteousness and justice are concerned, which one of these monkeys describe your family? Which one of these monkeys describe your church? Which one of these monkeys describe your city? And which one of these monkeys describe your nation? May God help us to speak to our impossibilities. And in his name, there is nothing impossible. And in his name, we are unstoppable. God bless you abundantly. Amen. And we stand and we pray together.